So I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I have the key for the Florida Gators beating the Georgia Bulldogs, but I will say that I think I know a way that Florida's offense can get a lot more consistent and explosive on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Monday. Hope y'all all have a great bye week. I know I am much relaxed after mine. <laughs> I am Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with whole nine sports and Giants country of SI.com. Today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between the Florida Gators and Georgia Bulldogs on Sling. It's the TV you love, really, for a price you love. Try it today. Before getting into today's content, just ask you to like, subscribe, comment, review, do whatever it is that you want to do, and check out the Locked On Gators Discord. Link is down below. But now, as promised, Again, I, I don't think I have the key for Florida beating Georgia, Texas A&M, Vandy, Florida State, South Carolina, anybody. But I do think that I know a way that Florida can kind of fix their offense a little bit. Maybe, maybe not fix is the right word, but but add to and evolve their offense after this bye week. And I hope it's something that they've been working on because it's the option game. Like, and not the RPO. I'm talking about the read option, the triple option, the speed option, the power option, whatever it is that you want to do. I think that Florida and Billy Napier and Anthony Richardson, you have to get the option there. First off, your offensive line has been firing off the ball this season. Your offensive line has been great this year. Take advantage of that and run the dang football when that's what you're good at as a team. That's what you're good at. So you got to do that. That's number one. Okay. Next, you've got an entire running back room in Gainesville just chock full of very talented runners. I don't care how listeners feel about Lorenzo Lingard or Naquan Wright, everybody else they praise, but and I I don't care about it. They're talented runners when it comes down to it. Naquan Wright may not be as explosive as the other guys, but he's pretty solid. You know, we, we could say that. I will say that you have two incredibly explosive backs in Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne and that they should be just fed the ball also because they create massive runs, massive explosive plays. Florida is one of the few offenses of a power five program with a highly touted quarterback where your rushing attack is the explosive part of your game. There's not these explosive passes very often for Florida. There's literally like one a game and everything else is just, just keeping it short, keeping it simple. Then you have the, the very few um, passing plays from Florida that are explosive and the very often explosive rushing plays, primarily from Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne and Anthony Richardson. You have a quarterback who is faster than 
the huge majority of defenders at any position, and not even just faster, generally more athletic than the huge majority of defenders at any position. Take advantage of it. It worked, the option game being it, worked incredibly well against Utah. The first game of the season where I get it, you were like, hey, we've got to pull out all the stops. This is Utah. This is a game where we can't screw up and we can't give them the ball because guess what? They will beat the crap out of us for it. And you did what you had to do. The option game was a big part of that. Anthony Richardson, I get it. I get it. He's been banged up every now and then. I get it. We'll get to that. But the option game has been a huge part of the Utah game. It means that the defense has to watch for not only your passing attack, not only your play action passing attack, not only your RPO game, not only your very explosive running game. Now you need to worry about defending the run while also defending the pass from the RPO and defending the quarterback on the read option keeper. That, that, that's asking the defense to do a lot. Because if I'm pretending to hand the ball off, or even if you're not, not even pretending to hand the ball off, if I'm a defender and I see Anthony Richardson in the backfield with Montreal Johnson or any of the running backs next to him, and I see Anthony Richardson take that snap and put that ball into the running backs gut at the mesh point, right, right, right when they meet, you see Anthony Richardson reach that ball down and it's at the mesh point. If I'm a defender on the backside of that play, if I'm on the same side as the running back, I'm looking at Anthony Richardson, and I'm thinking, is he going to hand this ball off? Is he going to pretend to hand this ball off and drop back to pass? Is he going to quickly pull this ball and let it rip right away? Is he going to pull this ball back and run? And there's just so much that you put the de- you twist the defense into knots. Add the option. Let Anthony Richardson have more keeper options. So you can keep it. You can keep even keep the RPO with it. You make it an RRPO, which is is probably not the actual term that people like to use for it. But you make it where Anthony Richardson can read that defensive end, and he can either hand it off or keep the ball. And then you make him read another defender, and it's like, well, if if my bubble is open here, then I'm going to throw the bubble. If the slant is open, then I'm going to throw the slant. Really quick reads that you can make that decision, or you could just keep it yourself. It's something that just opens up this offense. So I get it. You want to keep this kindergarten Pop Warner just swings and screens. Fine. I will let you have that. But you want to have an even more creative and more explosive rushing attack, which is clearly what Billy Napier wants to have. Involve the read option more in it. Early on in the season, after the Utah game, again, I get the Utah game was we need to pull out all the stops. I get that. Early on in the season, I accepted the reasoning of Anthony Richardson not running more QB keepers. I accepted the reasoning being there's a lack of depth at quarterback. So Anthony Richardson has to play cautious. He can't get hurt because Jack Miller is out with a hand injury. Jalen Kitna, Max Brown, uh... Kyle Angle, Jack, and every quarterback behind him had never played in a college football game. So I understand not wanting them in. However, Jack Miller III is back. Jalen Kitna looked looked pretty good in his limited reps this season. Again, I get it. Most of them were against Eastern Washington. I don't care. He looked pretty good in his limited reps. I, I like, like you take what you take. You don't go, oh, well, Caleb Douglas broke a tackle and scored the touchdown. You don't take that. You take... 
Jalen Kenya made the read and had the confidence to make that pass. And that's what you take from it. So your quarterback depth is maybe not the best, but you feel a little bit more comfortable in it now, right? I think everybody could agree with that. Everybody could agree. Even if you're not saying it's the best depth, you feel a bit more comfortable than you did in week two when Jack Miller was out and Jalen Kidna was a complete unknown. He still is a complete unknown, by the way, but he looked good in his limited reps. So you can't use that excuse anymore. More importantly than more importantly than that, you look at this and you go, you're just past the midway point of your first season, Billy Napier. You are. You're four and three. And you are about to face a 7-0, an undefeated Georgia Bulldogs that is, one, the toughest opponent that you've faced so far this season, and two, the toughest opponent that you will face this season, period. And it's a rivalry. It's a pretty damn big rivalry game, by the way, at that. You put your players in the best position to succeed. This is one of those games where you go, screw it. We're pushing as hard as we can. We're pulling out all the stops. That is the biggest thing that you have to open up with this offense. You have to involve Anthony Richardson in the rushing attack. Best way to do that, the option game. Make Georgia defend every blade of of glass of grass and make them do it now. So that that is my that's my uh, that's my case to you, Billy Napier. In get the option game going. However, for the remainder of Locked On Gators, I'm going to be joined by Brandon Carroll, and we're talking Gators basketball because we are so close to it now. But first, a quick word from Nissan, because this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan, and the thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. And yes, Florida did not have a game this past weekend, but... When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, for me at least, it's TCU versus Kansas State. Because before I even did Lockdown Gators, I was covering the Big 12. TCU is one of the schools that I covered heavily, extensively. Max Duggan's 55-yard touchdown to Quinton Johnson to take the lead and complete the insane comeback against Kansas State has to be it for me. I mean, Max Duggan, if you haven't, like, he's taken incredible strides in the past year or so. It, it, it's just phenomenal to see. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Brandon Carroll, which is weird. I've never had another Brandon on the show before. So so we're doing this, and I mean, I don't know if it's better or worse that now there's a second Brandon, because I know I hate me, so why not? But joining me is Brandon Carroll. It's B. Carroll on Twitter, the lead reporter for all Gators and FanNationSI.com. And we're talking Gators basketball here, because season's right around the corner now at this point realistically, what should Gator fans be expecting and what are kind of the goals for the Florida Gators in this 2022-23 season? Well, yeah, it's a new start for Florida this season. Obviously, Mike White's gone, Todd Golden's in, and that brings a lot of excitement. Uh, obviously, the the Mike White train was one that was uh, much maligned. There's a lot of people that were not uh, on that train toward the end. You know, it was one that had its ups and downs and 
a lot of downs overall, but Golden brings in a new kind of style of basketball to the University of Florida. It's going to be more up-tempo. It's going to be a lot of transition opportunities, scoring the basketball, which should be at least provide some fun, some excitement in year one of the Golden Era. It's something that we haven't really seen in Gainesville for quite some time. It's, you know, not the kind of half-court offense, um, slow it down, kind of utilize the shot clock, try to limit possession style of Mike White. You're going to see Florida score early, or at least try to. They're going to try to get to the rim quickly, and if they can't, they're going to try to take open transition threes, which is something that you don't really see very often from really any team, uh, you know, uh, kind of in – it's increasing in basketball, but it's still a relatively new concept for the game in general. Um, as for expectations, I think the biggest thing is having the thought that this team can be very good. They're a very talented team. I think that they can legitimately rotate 11 guys um, on this squad. Uh, Golden says that it's going to be closer to 9 or 10. That's how many he wants to utilize uh, this season. But he is someone that likes to go to the bench. And I think that this, you know, while we might not see all 11 guys, all 11 guys will rotate at one point or another in the season. So you're going to see a lot of new faces, a lot of players that are highly talented. And it's going to be really, really fun to watch this Florida team as they try to navigate what this new system, this new uh, style of play brings to Gainesville under Todd Golden and his assistants, Kevin Hovde, who's the offensive um, coordinator, kind of, um, if you'd like to say. And then his fellow assistants, uh, Corey McCray and Carlin Hartman. I think they have a really good staff in Gainesville. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's great that you mentioned, you know, transition opportunities because last year we saw Florida give up a lot of transition opportunities. It was just ugly basketball for a, a good deal of it. But obviously you mentioned him. The biggest addition to this program is Todd Golden. What's your feel of kind of just how he's running the program and how he's getting this team prepared for a season where – he really didn't have much time to get things together in this offseason. There's not much time in the college basketball offseason to turn over from the end of March Madness, which, of course, Florida was not in, but just from the end of basketball season for Florida into this new season. How has he kind of been handling that? Yeah, I think the biggest thing with him was it's all been broken up into subsections. Obviously, he first got here and he immediately looked to the recruiting trail, whether that whether that meant you know reaching out to guys that he would get down the line, trying to keep the guys that were already in the class. Like he was able to keep Denzel Aberdeen. He reached out to Aberdeen's teammate to acquire Riley Kugel, who has been flashing so far in preseason uh, camp. And then he also went across seas to go get Alex. Uh, they call him Shimmy. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. I'll get there eventually. So if I ever come back on here, I promise I'll have his last name down. It's just he's still relatively new, and I know they call him Shimmy, so that's what I'm going to rock with for now. But um, it's just kind of this transition from, you know, he went from San Francisco where he was in the tournament, so he does have tournament experience, even though it's not at a Power 6 level. Um, And then he moved into the recruiting phase, one recruiting players, two recruiting coaches. So he's able to go out and get those assistant coaches that he felt he could kind of delegate to as a CEO type guy um, that he is. He's, he's said that he wants to be a CEO coach um, and, and not someone that kind of micromanages. And that sounds, you know, for those familiar, very familiar to uh, the guy they have running the football program and Billy Napier. And so you have this, you know, transition from that into kind of the, 
very early stages of you're trying to keep guys like Kawasi Reeves, Colin Castleton, Myron Jones, all in, in to the, you know, core of this unit so that he can build from the transfer portal. Then you're looking at, into the transfer portal. You're trying to get all these guys in onto campus so you can start working. They have the early portion of spring where they, he gets to see, all right, this is what I have. This is what I'm working with. This is what we need. And then he moves into, you know, summer and fall where he's really able to kind of implement not just his game plan, his scheme, his philosophy, but he's really able to just kind of start building the blocks for what Florida can be this season. And I think that's just one of the biggest things is just kind of having to go through each individual step and being willing to have the patience to go through those steps because at the end of the day, if you try to rush any of them, you're not going to be where you want to be in year one of a regime. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned Billy Napier, of course, the football program, and having these CEO types, very detail-oriented head coaches for both football and basketball. What What's your feel for where kind of both programs are and the approach that Florida is taking of hiring these detail-oriented CEO type head coaches? Yeah, I, th- I don't think um, you can really say that it's a negative. Um, I think having guys that are very detailed and are very, you know, in tune with not just, you know, the practices of basketball or football, but also kind of looking to the analytics side of things and willing to kind of pull different numbers and things like that, that they feel that can uh, elevate their team at a, you know, rapid rate as they're trying to build these programs. I think that's a good thing. Um, Specifically with Todd Golden, I know he looks at, you know, efficiency stats. And that's a reason why Trey Bonham from VMI is now at the University of Florida and, and really primed to, play a big role at guard this season, whether it comes in relief of Kyle Lofton, who's the St. Bonaventure transfer, or if it comes at the two guard alongside Kyle Lofton. So there's little things like that, that kind of make this, you know, build for Florida, you know, Scott Strickland obviously had a, a, someone like a type in mind. He had not just guys that were, uh, had success in their previous stops, but also guys that could kind of make sure that they're, putting a firm foundation at the bottom of their programs to not kind of crumble as we've seen the last two coaches for both sports do. Um, Obviously Mike White and then Dan Mullen, um, they've, they, you know, got off to quick starts with their, you know, who, who, what they inherited from their previous guy, uh, you know, predecessor, and then they would fell off the rails. So it's just kind of having the two pieces that, they feel that need they need to be able to kind of push forward and build a firm foundation for these two programs. Um, and as for Billy Napier, I think the biggest thing with him is kind of his, uh, you know, he, he takes a hands-on approach with the quarterbacks and the offense and things like that, but he completely delegates the defense to Patrick Tony. And we've seen that so far. He, he's someone that is willing to let Tony work through the growing pains, which I think that's what's going on right now. Um, going into you know the bye week this upcoming week is just having the growing pains of okay the secondary is playing in a in a rate that we uh, we you know are not very comfortable with but we feel that this is necessary for us to push forward into the future and I think that's one thing you're going to get from both of these guys this you know in their respective seasons. Yeah, and I mean I'm just going to go ahead and thank Scott Strickland because adding uh, Todd Golden, Billy Napier, Patrick Tony, and all these other guys where it's like. Well, I, I got to watch at any of these, uh, like the coaching clinics they do. And it's like, well, now I am significantly more knowledgeable in these sports where basketball I still suck at. But I, I get to learn a, a little bit more. I have not been shy about this. I sweat. 
a lot. That's that's me. And that's, by the way, that is perfect for me because I live in an incredibly humid place. Um, so, you know, me being just an, an individual who sweats a lot, living in a very humid place, perfect combination. I couldn't be happier with it. Sweatblock was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating and in turn help mine. It is doctor created and doctor recommended. And if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. You could save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com, also available on Amazon. When you look at this Florida Gators basketball program, there's one guy who has been just dominant in his time in Florida and Colin Castleton preseason all SEC first team. He was just, I, I don't even know how to describe it other than he was a dog last year. Like that is the only way I can say it. And he's apparently capable of shooting jumpers now, which is just wild. What are we going to see this season from one of, if not the best post scorer? in the nation that has now kind of evolved his game. I think what you're going to see is what you just said. You're going to see an evolution of Colin Castleton. Uh, You know, he's already, if you look at this roster, he's the most recognizable face on, on the roster. He's the one that everyone looks at and says, Oh, he's the best player, which if he keeps performing at the rate, he is with the the three ball. It's uh, definitely not really a conversation for who is the, the guy for Florida. Obviously, you have Kwesi Reeves and a guy that I'm very high on and Will Richard that can kind of step into that role this season. But I think Colin Castleton, as of right now, is still the guy for Florida. And a lot of it comes because of his previous potential uh, or previous kind of prowess working inside. He's one of the more, uh, how do I say, he's one of the more fluid in, in his with his footwork inside the paint. He's uh, just a smooth scorer. He's able to um, kind of utilized his uh, I'm looking for a specific word that just it's on the tip of my tongue but I can't find it uh, but anyways he's just such a fundamental and kind of smooth around the rim player that brings Florida so much success when they do want to dump it inside to him and let him work uh, on the block against guys that you know might be able to push him around but he's going to hit him with a pump fake and he's going to work up underneath and then draw a foul or get you know an and one or anything like that and then we're going to get his uh characteristic uh little you know celebration his yell um that just the, the intensity that he brings to the floor and then now the biggest thing about him i've seen this this off season or this preseason i should say is he's not just doing it from inside he can work out to the elbow. He's he's knocked down some elbow jumpers, and he'll walk up the court with the ball and just pop up from the top of the key and knock it down. And he's knocking it down at a consistent rate. Obviously, we saw him shoot it a few times last year, but it was never at the rate of you know that he's doing it right now. And that's something Todd Golden said that he wanted his players to do. Um, he said when he first got here that one thing that he was going to emphasize is in the early portions of their practices. He wanted guys to try things that they're not relatively comfortable with. And that was saying he, he threw out Jason Jatobo taking threes, who's actually knocked down a few himself, which is just, if you would have thought that last year, you'd be mm-hmm. like, there's no way, but Jatobo's knocked some down. Um, and, and Castleton, that's one where one area where he's kind of emphasized this off season is working on a three ball. Cause if he can become a stretch five and you have to get centers, uh, you know, an, an Oscar Toshibwe, out on the perimeter and then you're able to kind of use him in a pick and roll and get him on a Trey bottom. Who's one of the quickest guards in the sec. 
I think alongside a guy like Severe Wheeler, have a really, really dynamic pick and roll game that you're going to be able to work with. And then if he can even pick and pop, let's say he gets out to the top of the key and he, you know, instead of rolling, he fakes the roll and pops out and then he's able to knock down a three. That's just a, that just creates better offense. And it just creates multi-dimension, you know, multi-dimensional style that not many teams are going to be able to contend with, which just goes back to saying how uh, versatile this offense and explosive this offense can be relative to previous years. They're, they're willing to experiment. And I think that's something that makes them so exciting. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can't wait for it. I'll let you know. It's just like every time that I even talk about Colin Castle, I think I'm just like, he is going to face this year. I'm so happy he's back in Gainesville again. But before I let you go, just Florida has a ton of new faces on the roster this year. Like you, You've mentioned quite a few of them already. Who have been kind of the most impressive new additions to this team, whether it's through high school recruiting or the transfer portal? Oh, that's a, so I think everyone that they've brought in at, at one point or another has flashed this preseason. Um, I think the biggest I'll, I'll give two from the transfer portal and one particularly from high school ball. I think I'm going to start with high school because it's the one. So Riley Kugel is leaps and bounds beyond where freshmen are supposed to be when they walk in for the fall. Cause he got here in August. He didn't have the summer like his, his former Dr. Phillips teammate Denzel Aberdeen had, but he has been one of the biggest surprises of the preseason so far. He's the most athletic player on the court. Uh, anytime he steps out there, he is a, you know, he can score at all three levels. He has just a really good understanding of the game. I think there's, there's times where he still, you know, tries to make the, the flashy pass that ends up not necessarily connecting just because you're, it was able to connect in high school and it doesn't connect at, at the collegiate level. But he is someone that has already kind of found that the, you know, he's, he's gotten his wits about him and transitioned to the speed of the game faster than really many freshmen do. Even the top tier freshmen get into uh, college and they struggle at the early portion of the season. And we're seeing Kugel kind of running with the ones right now because he's been so good at just, kind of adapting to this new uh, new challenge that he has in front of him. And then on the uh, transfer portal side, I think you're going to look at a guy like Will Richard, who is the, if you had someone that was a pure shooter or a pure, pure scorer on this team, it's you look to Will Richard. Uh, he has been absent for a lot of the preseason practices due to an injury that he's now back from. But even in his individual workouts that, you know, we got to see portions of or uh, just in the five on five, he's shown that he is a explosive two way player. He can get it done offensively. He's uh, he is the best shooter on the team. He can knock down threes at a high clip. He is, you know, someone that can drive to the cup because he's uh, explosive off his feet. He's uh, has the length to be able to go up and over the big guys inside. And he can chase, uh, he had a chase down block the other day on Trey Bonham. Uh, uh, that was the first day back in full capacity from his knee injury. Just goes and <laughs> just it was it was something special. Just showing that he can you know work in transition. He can kind of make up lost ground. It was probably from about twenty feet behind. He just made up ground super quick and was able to uh, create the deflection to limit that opportunity for Bonham. But um, he is. So I think that he is going to be a star for Florida. I think he, if you look across this roster and you say, 
you know, there, there are a few pro players on here. Will Richard is the pro player on this team. Uh, and then you look at Trey Bonham, who I think, you know, people are going to kind of overlook because he's 5'10". He kind of has a, you know, he's just, you, you see him and you're like, oh, that, that dude's a defense back. He's not a point guard. Uh, but he is one of the most efficient scorers. He was the most efficient scorer in the nation last year. Uh, he is a very smart basketball player. He understands the way to work around big men and kind of play inside, but he also has a silky smooth jumper that he'll knock down at a high clip. Uh, I think he shot like 50, 40, and 80 last year, which is just an absurd amount of (laughs) absurd number uh, to knock down shots. And if it wasn't exactly that, it was around that, which is uh, a very hard thing to do um, at any level, especially at the collegiate level. So really Richard and Bonham are my two transfer portal additions that I think are going to make a big, you know, uh, maybe surprising impact. And then obviously you have Alex Fudge from LSU, who's gained a lot of traction as someone that's going to be a major, major contributor for Florida and really kind of anchor that four spot down this season. Yeah. Bonham is someone who uh, I had Jason Jordan from sports illustrated also on here before. And he was like, mm-hmm. Bonham was the guy that he was just gushing over play style wise. Yes. He's like, this is a perfect fit between Bonham and Todd Golden's scheme. Like, like that is just, a perfect fit. So he's someone that I've been incredibly excited for just because I'm not going to, Jason Jordan gassed him up a lot. So I, I have yeah. high expectations now for when he's on the court to actually. No, yeah, you definitely should. I think the biggest thing about him is he's just a playmaker. They want to see him kind of be more willing to pass the ball because uh, he's a score first guy and he kind of had to be when he was at VMI. But he, if you need a bucket, he'll get you a bucket. And and same with Richard. I And I'm, when I played, I was, I was a scorer. That was, that was what I did. I didn't really, you know, I lack defensively. I, you know, I, I was a shooter. So uh, I just, I have, you know, a special place in my heart for guys who are able to score the, you know, the basketball from any level and just, you know, get to the bucket or knock down triples. So both of those guys are going to be very, very good, uh, I think, for Florida this season and going forward because both, you know, have remaining eligibility after this year, which is huge for Todd Golden and company. Yeah. Uh, you were a scorer when you played. I, was bad when I played it. It's <laughs> about the only way that I could talk about it, really. Thank you so much, Brandon. This is Brandon Carroll. And I mean, we're going to have you back. Don't worry about that. But I know before you're like, if I'm ever, you'll be back. Don't worry. Thank you so much, Brandon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day. We'll be back tomorrow to talk Florida Gators football leading into Georgia week, but we're going to take a different spin on it. Instead of Tape Tuesday, we're, we're going to take more of a tale of the Tape Tuesday. We're going to talk analytics, just so you know. Make your second listen, Locked On SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, University of Florida. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports and GiantsCountryFSI.com, and I will see you all tomorrow.